Hi, everybody. We are back for another episode of the Alfie Wattam Technology Podcast. Um, today on the podcast, we're joined by a returning guest from a couple of years ago. Um, Nick, thanks for, for joining us. Could you start, Nick, just by giving us a little bit of an intro, please? Tell everybody who you are and what your background is, mate. Hey, sure. Thanks, Alfie. Good to be back. Hi, everyone. I'm Nick Gupta. I'm now the CTO of Platform at the Hut Group, PHG, where I uh, work with some great people in products, UI, UX, engineering, data, AI, ML functions, um, and we build uh, one of the coolest end-to-end multi-channel commerce platforms in the world uh, that run all of our internal brands like Microteam, the fantastic, but also some uh, very well-known consumer brands in the world. Uh, and before PHG, I spent a number of years at Amazon working across payments and Prime Video uh, uh, very recently, where again, I managed product uh, program and technology functions, delivering some very cool capabilities for Prime Video customers around the world. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming back on, Nick. It'll be good to get your perspective and insights into, into what's happening in the world of tech this week. So um, just before we kick off, as per usual, this episode is, of course, sponsored by WeLoveAlpha.com, um, specifically today focusing on the retail and e-commerce um, sectors. So we've recruited uh, top software developers from Sainsbury's, from Square, from Shopify, and so on, um, across React, Angular, Java, C Sharp, Python, PHP, Mobile, and more. If you are an engineering manager and you're looking to scale your or, um, tech team, then go to wheelofalpha.com um, for the developers that you need to succeed. Um, so without further ado, let's go into sort of the tech news and see what's happening um, in the world at the moment. So starting over in the world of AI with OpenAI, um, their image generator uh, DALI can now edit human faces. So this feature was previously off limits because of fears of misuse, but OpenAI is now letting users of its AI um, art generator program DALI edit image with human faces on them. Uh, the feature was previously off limits, but now in a letter sent to a million plus users, it's opening it up um, and adding more uh, filters. Um, so ba basically you'll be able to go on and edit faces in, in a variety of different ways using AI. Here's an example um, shared on, on Twitter. So this individual posted a picture of them having a drink and then the AI created variations instantly. Um, you can see changes to the hat, you can see changes to the face and these images here are not real people. These are all edited um, via AI. Um, so obviously pretty pretty interesting to see where all this is going. Um, Nick, what do you what do you make of, um, of all of this? It's, it's a very interesting one, Alfie. And, um... I think it's a it's long term coming. It's an extension of some of the capabilities we've had for decades yeah. in media productions, where we would use a green screen or a green object, and then that would be replaced by the merchandise, the most appropriate advertising merchandise in a particular locale. Now, um, the technology itself is a tool. Yeah. The usage of the technology and that tool comes in the in the, in the hands of individuals, mm -hmm. um, and and which side of the equation that they land in. Now, I can certainly see a lot of positives from this technology. For example, in the world of e-commerce and retail, um, you could use this kind of a technology to sort of do better product placements without having to go through extensive series of photo shoots. You can use this technology and swap out dresses, apparels, clothes, um, objects. So certainly bring down the, the cost of image production and video production even. Uh, but then on the other side as well, you would, you would undoubtedly have malicious actors who would mm. use this technology for less than noble goods and noble causes. So I guess uh, the technology in itself um, is, is an enabler. What do we do with that enabler really comes down to the end user who's using it. 
the the only um, I think the only uh, thing that would make me slightly nervous is the democratization of this technology, which is yeah, if the barrier to entry is low, then essentially anyone can get their hands on, which is both a good thing and a bad thing, and it could accelerate both the good and the bad uses of this technology. Mm. I think that's where I would want to see. Well, what about the people that say um, this could potentially um, replace the need for kind of designers? Because a lot of companies that use, you know, UX, UI designers and graphic designers, um, you know, if you've got suddenly a piece of AI which can um, take over the, the aspect of design, you type in or you say through text to speech what you want and it will create different variations of that right now. It's pretty primitive, but in a couple of years, if it gets really, really good, um, do you think people have a right to be concerned about that sort of thing? Or, or, or do you think it will never quite get to the point where it could replace the work of like a, a UX specialist? The world has constantly moved towards uh, the need for super specialists in every niche. Yeah. And as technology uh, displaces a certain set of established roles, it opens up a new set of, of new opportunities for individuals to upskill, cross-skill, and, and train themselves. Um, I wouldn't be very worried in the immediate few years that this would be a game changer and to the, to the tune of impacting people and displacing them for their established roles. But equally, I would be remiss if I did not sound out the alarm bell now, which is everyone in this world of tech should mm. be constantly striving to upskill and cross-skill themselves and become specialists and masters of their niche. Um, because technology can enable a lot of use cases very fast, but when it comes to that last mile specialist use cases, I think we are still very much in the safe zone of having good life on our human friends here. Yeah, absolutely. You, you raised a good point earlier around kind of privacy as well. And my um, uh, logic takes me to, we can do this with, with images very soon. We can do it with video and you'll be able to say, hey, show me a video of, of Nick Gupta um, riding a spaceship to, to, to Mars and then <laughs> boom, it's it's created. Um, I don't think that'll be far along away. You know, if we can do it with, with image, surely we can do it with, with video soon. Am I, am I crazy in thinking that or, or does that hold logic? I think time will be the judge for that. <laughs> so yeah. no, I'm, I don't think you would want to see me uh, riding a rocket <laughs> to Mars, but you know, um, I, I think certainly the, the pace has accelerated in the last couple of years, right? And yeah. as machines uh, become more self-serviced and, and, and better independent uh, enablers of their own use cases, the acceleration is only continuing. Um, but I, I think, again, as I said, my response here is measured. I do not want to create unnecessary panic. Um, but I also want to sound out the alarm, which is look at upskilling and cross-skilling yourselves now. Okay, cool. All right, good, good advice, mate. Um, if we go to the next piece of news um, happening in the world. So um, in the crypto market, um, winter mute, it loses 160 million in a massive DeFi hack. Everyone's heard about this. It's been all over the news, but um, a leading crypto market maker has lost about 160 million in a hack. Top exec said on Tuesday, being the latest firm in the industry to suffer a breach. It almost seems every episode I do, it's, it's another crypto hack, but here's another big one. Um, so the founder and chief exec, he disclosed in a series of tweets that the firm's uh, decentralized finance option, uh, operations have been hacked, but centralized finance and um, other uh, counter verticals aren't affected. Um, he said that Wintermute, which counts uh, Lightspeed Venture Partners, uh, Pantria Capital and Fidelity Aeons among its backers, remain solvent uh, with twice over that amount in equity left. So it looks like they've got um, enough money um, to keep going. It's not the end of the world for them. But um, what do you, you make of all of this, uh, Nick? 
this uh, this area of the world, this crypto and blockchain is, is very interesting, Alfie. Um, again, it has, it has opened up so many opportunities over the last four or five years. Yeah. People have really, really capitalized on those and made good returns, right? Um, but equally, I think, and then this ties back to the conversation we were just having. Because of the pace of acceleration, the normal safeguard, the organic safeguards you would have put in place as you matured these offerings were either missed mm. deliberately or, or unconsciously, which is, I was looking at some more case studies around this, this market, this, this area. Yeah. And if you go look at the, uh, the kind of people who were in charge of running some of these exchanges or facilities, the DeFi facilities, sure. you would see that they were really uh, young, eager uh, entrepreneurs yeah. Very little grounding in the safeguards they, they should be building to not fall prey to these. Now, having said that, I don't want to be unnecessarily harsh on these people. Of course. Right? Yeah. Everyone gets hacked. And, and certainly at TAG, we, we are paranoid to a fault when it comes to our security. And we double check and triple check everything about whether we block the doors at night and whatnot. Um, I guess it's a function of um, an industry which needs to mature in itself. Mm. Um, and also, and then consciously mature in itself, but also a case of, look, there will, there will always be, always be hack attempts. There's always going to be someone who will want to come at you um, for curiosity or mal, mal, malicious intent, whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's an industry that really needs to understand that um, and put in the right controls and the maturity around thought process of security as they, as they accelerate their journey. Yeah, I, I've been in, into crypto for um, a couple of years now, got in, got in fairly early, um, made quite a lot of money early on. And then over the past year, that's, that's basically plummeted and plummeted like, like a lot of other people's portfolios has. And um, for, for me, crypto is, is super interesting, um, but f- even more so to just see the, the, the principles of blockchain themselves, because it's not just about Bitcoin. It's not just about Ethereum. It's so much more to, to, to it than that, right? Um, it's not just about NFTs, obviously. A lot of these things, they become, the hype they become the news because that's what um is is on the front page of of, of mashable or tech crunch but in in reality um in terms of the actual stuff which has an impact to change the world the, the blockchain tech itself probably could do a lot more than crypto if, if, if you know what i mean absolutely i agree with you there's there's a lot of this uh that blockchain can do over and above crypto but specifically on crypto uh, i think i think it's a it's a rite of passage in our industry. If you, if you go back 10, 15 years, yeah. these kind of news you would find very common around all kinds of web-based businesses, not just crypto, right? And it's with these attacks that the company realized that, look, we need to mature ourselves here. We need to invest more in our security. We need to take security first um, thought process in everything that we build, certainly what we do at TNG here, right? Um, we take a very security first stance. Um, and, and this is a rite of passage. Every new business wants to accelerate the returns for themselves and their customers and often um, whether unconsciously or, or, or consciously, some of these things can take a backseat. Mm. And it's only when you've gone through these once and you've become the front page news that yourself and your peers can take a stock and say, okay, you know what, guys, this is serious. We need to do something here fast. But equally, if you go back to the article, it does say that their centralized functions were not that impacted. Okay. The decentralized functions were. And I, I think there's a, there's a bit of an irony there in itself when you compare the headline with what the article is about. So we leave it there. 
it's interesting saying that because the, the the whole purpose of um of, of blockchain and, and having stuff decentralized but part of it was the lack of control the lack of the ability for it to get hacked but it's ironic that, that that's the part that gets hacked and the, the centralized part which which is the easy target is the one that, that's safe but um, obviously evolving world evolving market and it's going to take a bit of time for it to um to get to a point where it can be absolutely more stably right um, not to make it a purely hacking focus but <laughs> finish off the news for, for, for today um a, a hack uh, over at holiday inn and the um internet intercontinental hotel group um so a a couple a, a vindictive couple according to, to yeah. bbc has uh, deleted their their data just for fun apparently just for fun so they've um they, they broke in they described themselves as a couple from vietnam they first tried a, a ransomware attack they deleted large amounts of data um when they when they filed and then they accessed the FTSE 100's firm's database through um, the easiest password in the world, QWERTY1234, a pretty obvious one, um, and that's allowed them to, to, to hack and delete data. And when they were um, when they were found out, when they were discovered, they said they just did, did it for fun. It was it was uh, you know an interesting um, an activity. Uh, what, what, what do you make of all of this? Nick? Similar conversation, Alfie. So this this couple, I, I remember reading this news article. I think they went in with the intent of trying to do a ransomware and make money. Yeah, and and IHG's systems and controls actually successfully thwarted those attacks. Okay. This couple was not able to install the malware, the ransomware they wanted, which would have given him, given them the control they needed to extract some money out of IG. It was only when that attack was foiled that they, they looked at, well, as the article says, vindictive, they, they were probably not happy that the attack has been foiled. They said, look, what is the maximum damage we can do? They found one loophole and they went and did the damage. Now, yeah. if you go through the article completely, I think uh, if I'm not wrong, there is a bit about social engineering there that they were they, they managed to get access to IG's network using um, uh, social engineering techniques and, okay. and using an employee. Mm -hmm. I think we saw a similar pattern with another remarkable FTSE 100 company, uh, not more than I think a month ago, okay. um, with similar attacks around social engineered employees getting using the employees bypassing the controls of two-factor authentication to convince employees to yielding control, then getting into the network sniffing around, planting ransomware and malwares and causing damage. It comes down to this, right? Machines and systems are, I, th I think this saying is as true as it was about 20 years ago, that um, machines and tools are only as effective as the operators using them. Yes, yeah. once AI takes over and there are no operators, then you can probably, you probably won't be able to say this, but certainly today it is still true. Um, IG's controls, uh, look at the bright side. They successfully thwarted the most malicious attack, which is, Installing ransomware and extracting money. Yeah, yeah. Yes, bad. there was a weak link in the chain, um, the QWERTY one three four password. Uh, there was a weak link in the chain which this couple exploited, and there will always be weak links in the chain. And the only way to get around them is constant reinforcement of training uh, within the employees, within your with your peers, which is look, these attacks happen. Be cognizant of those best practices. Do this. Don't do that. And for firms also maybe try and simulate some of these practices within within in-house, mm -hmm. which is let's try and simulate a social engineering attack and see how our employees react to that. So I think better controls, better safeguarding, certainly, but certainly better education, better awareness within a firm would go a long way to prevent these kind of, uh, these, these kind of incidents, um, unfortunately. 
I think one one basic thing people could do is just don't have QWERTY one two three four five as your as your password. Right? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, you know, it, it surprises me people don't use more, um, you know, random password generators and, and that sort of thing, especially a FTSE 100 company. And, um, you know, you'd, you'd think it would, I use like a password um, vault, you know, where I, I store all my different passwords. I, I don't know what any of those passwords are because they're all randomly generated and I only have to remember one, um, which obviously. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Automated IAM and role based securities will go a long way as well. Um, but and again, as if I'm not wrong, if my recollection is right, I think the article does talk about social engineering factoring yes. uh, playing a major factor there. Systems, uh, especially companies which are now for 300, for 250, at some point were not for 300, for 250. So there is bound to be legacy tech, legacy databases around which no one has had a look yeah. because they've not been relevant, they've not been used, right? So, so as I said. In a large chain, large complicated chain, an ecosystem like IG, there is there will be weak links that you would find and patch, but there will be weak links where a malicious attacker would get to before your controls can get to. And in and in those kind of situations, training, um, proactive coaching, simulating attacks yourselves will be a better mechanism of defense than trying to identify every single link in weak link in a, in a huge complicated chain and ecosystem and patch that. I think they are not mutually exclusive. We should be doing both of them, and we certainly do that at THU here a lot. Awesome. Well, look, thanks for um, for coming on, Nick. It was good to get your uh, perspective, mate, into what's happening in the world. It was good to catch you up on on this stuff. It'd be great to do a, another one of these episodes again in, in a few months, perhaps, and, um, and and see what else is happening. But um, but yeah, thank, thanks for your time. Thanks to everybody for watching. And if you're not already, make sure that you're subscribed on on Spotify, where thousands of other people like yourself um, across the UK get access to the latest um, insider tech news and extra opinion and, and live chats and panels uh, with all the world of software engineering. So thanks for your time and uh, see you all next time. Thanks, Avi. It's been great chatting with you. Thank you. Have a good day, everyone. Imagine if you were able to hire the next Elon Musk. Or if you got a job at Facebook back when it was just a startup. Well, these people and these opportunities, they are still out there and we have access to them. Access to all of them. At Alpha Technology, we specialize in software development recruitment across London and the UK. From React to Java to C Sharp and more, we represent the best front-end, back-end and full-stack engineers on the market. This includes top developers from Meta, Amazon, Apple, Netflix, Google, and more. Our clients operate across AI, blockchain, VR, AR, fintech, edtech, healthtech, and more. From startups to global enterprises and everything in between. But Alpha isn't just a recruitment agency. We are also a tech community. We host podcasts, run meetup events, and lead EDI initiatives, supporting women in technology, BAME individuals, and the tech for good ecosystem. So, if you're a company looking to hire software engineers, or if you're a developer open to new opportunities yourself, then we are here to help.
Alpha Technology. Recruiting for the future.